0: It's Labor Day in the U.S., and that usually means one thing. It's time to go back to school. By the end of 2017, student debt in the U.S. alone neared $1.5 trillion. That's trillion with a T. And you put it this way, if you were to freeze all student loan debt with no interest... And just start paying $1 per second to pay it down. It would take you more than 47,000 years to hit zero. Scientists actually estimate 47,000 years ago was the last time Homo sapiens and Neanderthals were together. So if you went to school in the U.S., that's about how much you owe. And right now, you owe most of it to companies in the consumer finance sector. Navient and Discover are the biggest players next to the U.S. government. As an investor, you have to ask yourself, is this a good bet? Welcome to ESG Now, the MSCI ESG Research Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Muscardi. On today's show, our back-to-school special, we're going to look at the consumer finance sector. We're going to look at the potential problem that is student loans. And we're going to look at what student loans and robots might actually have in common.
1: The most important trend, I would say, um, wouldn't come as a su- surprise to most of us. Um, it's that education loans now represent half of all consumer debt in America it means that of every dollar of borrowing that goes on America 50 cents of that is for student loan
0: that was David Frazier he's a colleague of mine based in Toronto he covers and gives ESG ratings to the consumer finance sector companies and the big topic of conversation this year in his report was student debt
1: you have um, increase in demand for a four-year degree from employers, which is boosting uh, students who are coming out of high school to pursue a higher education in numbers that uh, we haven't seen historically. Two, you have a rise in average tuition rates across the board in America for private universities as well as for public universities. And three, you have um, this challenging macroeconomic environment that um, is making it more difficult for students to repay their loans after they have graduated uh we we know that w- real wages for the bottom ninety percent of Americans have stagnated, and given that tuition has been rising faster than um, inflation uh it's just been um, a very negative time in terms of student the student loan market in general
0: so as David points out, you have these three factors that are driving up student debt, these job demands. Uh, Tuition increases and stagnant wage inflation. And you have investors who are worried about these factors and how to manage student debt. In fact, earlier this year, my own home state of Rhode Island, their treasurer, Seth Magaziner, led activist investors in pressing Navient, the largest administrator and lender for student loans in the U.S., to disclose how it planned to manage the debt burden.
1: Navient stands out because it is the largest student lender in the U.S., and it is one of our um, poor performers. Uh, so Navian is listed as a triple C uh, company in terms of our, its ESG rating, and uh, so we see evidence of very uh, poor um, customer relations practices. Um, uh, that the company has been penalized by regulators, uh, and this has uh, drove down the company's
0: ESG performance. But what exactly is the risk to these companies, or to investors for that matter? Do we expect some sort of reckoning? David thought so, especially if the macroeconomics turn against a generation of graduating students.
1: The most likely shock is a broad macroeconomic downturn at a time when uh, folks who are leaving school have very large uh, education-related debt and cannot find work. We're now in a macroeconomic environment, but we're still talking about it, so it tells you. We're now in an environment where um, the unemployment rate in the U.S. is at its lowest in, in I think it's 10 years or so. Um, you know, The overall economy is doing quite well. Um, there are actually shortages in the labor market. Um, folks coming out of school, you know, they may not be making the wages to be comfortably repaying the debt, but they are at least making the salaries Um, If that changes, and given the fact that we just hit the $1 mark in terms of outstanding student loans, we could see a major systemic issue coming out of this uh, student loan um, space.
0: But I'm not so sure we need to wait for some bubble to pop to set off a student debt crisis. We may actually be sliding slowly towards that crisis now especially if my scholarly colleague, Dan Rogotchnik from South Africa, is right. The World Bank chief made a statement
1: that the world is on a crash course to automate millions of jobs. And that's a pretty frightening statement. I think we all, somewhere in the back of our minds, wonder whether our own jobs will be automated one day.
0: And then there's this. The labor shortage may not be a labor shortage at all. It might be a skill shortage. I'd leave it to my producer Damian Rallis to pull the best headlines. So yeah, so let's move on to this. To, come on, you gotta love this one. This is a story um, coming out of Japan. Um, oh yeah, I saw where, this. Uh, right? So there's a labor shortage in Japan, and and the headline is simply, and it's a beautiful headline: Tokyo prefers robots. Obviously, it does. Now it didn't. It Obviously. left out fighting robots. Um, But I think it's implied fighting, (laughs) dancing. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like it might be implied. Yeah. So, I mean, it it seems so this this story came out um, about Japan coping with the labor shortage um, and turning to robots rather than foreigners. But what does it look like when the robots are here? Well, we actually already know what it looks like, because in some sectors they've already come. Here's Arna Klug, our resident auto sector expert, talking about automation and car part manufacturing.
2: The, the U.S. auto industry between 2000 and 2010, more than 600,000 jobs were lost, and partially or predominantly due to use of robotics and automation in manufacturing processes. Actually, this situation can intensify or could be amplified by the electric vehicle um, boom, because the reason is is relatively simple. You need fewer parts to produce an electric engine. An electric engine is made of about 20 moving parts, while a traditional um, eight-cylinder combustion engine consists of more than 1,000 parts. So you don't need a lot of parts anymore to produce um, electric vehicles.
0: And he's actually seen the robot takeover firsthand.
2: I visited BMW six years ago at a quite modern facility in eastern Germany, and I barely see any workers anymore in the f- big facility halls, only robots making the cars, and some people doing some quality checks.
0: Wait a minute. R- rewind that a second.
2: Barely see any workers anymore.
0: Yeah, right there. He, he said barely any people. Barely. Which makes me ask... Who is left? Who are these holdovers in a robot world?
1: The funny thing is that people are discovering that to reap the benefits of AI actually requires humans who can learn new skills.
0: That's Linda Ealing-Lee, our global head of ESG, from our first podcast episode talking about this year's trends. I want to quote from the report that she's talking about. Quote, While the rise of the machines will impact nearly all industries and geographies, some industries will be affected by what the World Economic Forum calls skills instability. And now I think I can close the loop here, because the student debt crisis may not be about debt after all. It may be a student skills crisis. Students today are, or should be, preparing for a robot future, one where robots do tasks that can be automated, leaving fewer jobs for the educated students. And an investor in consumer finance exposed to the massive amount of student debt is betting on those skills as much as the company's ability to manage that debt. So if you're that investor, do you know if you're betting on someone still working on the floor of BMW or someone who's basically a robot in waiting?
1: So when you look at complaints, you find um, complaints issued to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a centralized database for financials. Um, Sixty percent of those uh, student loan complaints are related to an inability to repay. Um, So that's the first thing. Uh, Students are simply complaining that they can't afford the the loan.
0: Well for now, that definitely can't be a good sign. That's our back to school show. If you like what you hear, we'd love if you subscribe in iTunes or Google, share it with a friend, and please give us your feedback. We want to make ESG and ESG investing stories accessible, ones that interest you the most. So send us emails to matt.miscardi at msci.com or esgpodcast at msci.com. I'm your host, Matt Mascardi, and this was ESG Now. What grade are you in?
1: Um, what is it again? Kindergarten.
0: Kindergarten. Do you know how long you're going to go to school for? I don't know, Fifty hundred
1: years?
0: That's pretty close. How much do you think that will cost?
1: $50? No dollars?
0: So, how many chores do you have to do then to pay to go to school?
1: I don't know. 155 chores?
0: So, wow, what's that conversion rate? Is that right? I'm pretty sure. Well, you're the one going to school learning math. The MSCI ESG Research Podcast is provided by MSCI Inc.'s subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940.